Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Does your heart know the pain of motherhood that doesn't quite look like what you thought it would? Maybe Christ has called you to marriage, but he hasn't introduced the second part of that vocational equation into your life yet. Maybe you have children, but your littles are waiting for you up in heaven. Maybe the experience of infertility is weighing on your heart. Maybe you are a physical mother, but motherhood doesn't quite look like what you dreamed it to be. Or maybe Christ is calling you to be his bride, and he's asking you to sacrifice physical motherhood in a vocation to consecrated life. If any of these situations are close to your heart, it could feel like the call to spiritual maternity is a call to second-rate motherhood, but that could not be further from the truth. In today's episode, I sit down with Danielle Bean, and we talk about why the universal call to motherhood applies to all women, how mother is a verb, and why you are made for maternity as a woman, even if you don't feel maternal. It's a beautiful episode. I love this conversation with Danielle, and I cannot wait to share it with you. This episode was brought to you by Stay Close to Christ, a Catholic gift company. Head online, check out their website, and use the code LETTERS for 10% off your next order. And you can find more about that in the show notes for today's episode on oldfashionedgirlblog.com. We are welcoming back a familiar voice to Letters to Women, Danielle Bean. She joined us for a letter to the woman who doesn't think she's enough a couple of months ago, but she's joining us again. She's a Catholic writer, speaker, author, podcaster. She's the brand manager over at CatholicMom.com and a talk show host of The Gist on Catholic TV. Welcome back to Letters to Women, Danielle. It is so good to have you back on. Thanks. It's great to be here. I really enjoyed our conversation last time. And you know what? I think we have a lot more to say. Amen. (laughs) So today, (laughs) in today's episode, we're going to be digging into this idea of spiritual maternity. And I am pumped because this is something that I've been thinking about for the past, shoot, it's uh, six months. To be honest, there's not really much out there for women wanting to dig into what the idea of spiritual maternity is. And so when I picked up your new book that you've been working on with Tan Books, Manual for Mm -hmm. Women, and I saw that you were writing about spiritual maternity, I knew I had to have you on the show because, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to actually talk about this with someone. (laughs) Great. Yes, me too. You start off in the book talking about Eve and how she's called the mother of all living by Adam. And so all women are called to be mothers, but some women don't have kids. Some women aren't married. Some women are called to religious life or they have children who have moved out of the house or they have children waiting for them in heaven. So can you talk about what's meant by this universal call to motherhood when motherhood doesn't always look like physical motherhood? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a difficult concept sometimes because we think mother and among women, that can be a divisive thing mm-hmm. because there are women who long to be mothers. There are women who are single and long to be married. They wish for a family of their own. That hasn't happened for them yet. And they can feel excluded, and especially inside of church groups sometimes where so much is focused on our maternity and our gifts as women in, in the light of motherhood, right? And so I think it is an important topic to talk about. It's important for us to talk about Eve as mother of all the living and what a beautiful concept that is. And the fact that it does apply to every woman, you know, it applied to Eve in the garden in that moment when she's standing there naked in her shame with Adam beside her. That's when Adam called her mother of all the living. It was before she even had children. And I I find that that's such a moving thing to reflect on the fact that every woman is called to that. So I think it's important to maybe talk about it a little bit differently so that people don't feel excluded by it, right? When you say spiritual motherhood, I think sometimes that sounds like a lesser than or Mm -hmm. just because you didn't get 
the prize of actual motherhood, right? Yeah, this idea that spiritual maternity is a consolation prize. Like, oh, you're you're not right. good enough. You're not good enough to be a, to be a physical mom. But here's this prize that okay, we're still going to give you some kind of motherhood, some kind of maternity. Yes. Oh, you get something. Yeah. So we'll call it spiritual. You get you're you're a spiritual mother. You know, it's like oh, she has a great personality. You know, <laughs> like she's come a on. good helper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so truly, what we need to talk about are these gifts that we have as women. These unique ways that we're endowed by our Creator to be a gift to the people he places in our lives. And they are uniquely feminine gifts. They're unique to us because we are women. And I think it's so important to have this conversation today because our world has never been more confused about its sexual identity, you know, about Mm -hmm. the importance of male, the importance of female, what the differences are, the fact that it's a beautiful thing to celebrate the fact that we're different and that our differences make us strong, that we're strong in the ways we're different from men. And I think there's so much about our modern world that gets that wrong. So in focusing on these unique gifts that we have as women, you know, talking about being mother of all the living, I, I think, I think it's so beautiful to reflect on that idea of Eve, especially as she stood there in the garden. You know, this is a terrible moment mm-hmm. <laughs> inside the history of mankind, right? They've they've sinned. They're standing there in their sorrow and their shame and their regret. And God is sitting there spelling out for them. Here are all the things that you're going to have to suffer as a consequence of this choice that you've made, this wrong choice that you've made, this disobedience. And it's inside of that, though, inside of that moment, that Adam turns to his wife and chooses to call her Eve, mother of all the living, because he heard in those words that God spoke, that when God said, you're going to bring forth children in great pain, what did Adam hear? He heard, you're going to bring forth children. There's going to be new life here. Mm -hmm. They heard that promise, that hope that our creator gave him inside of that little peek into the future that, yep, you're going to bring forth children in great pain. There are many ways that, you know, it's not going to go the way that God intended. It's not going to be ideal. Things are going to hurt. We're going to have to work. We're going to suffer. There's going to be death and there's going to be weakness and there's going to be pain. But mother of all the living, you're going to be a mother. There's going to be new life. And that is the hope that every woman brings. We bring it to our relationships inside of our marriages. We bring it when we care for our children. We bring it to our workplaces. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the feminine genius that in today's day and age, we can bring it everywhere. Yeah. And I love too how, especially we see this in the life of Eve, who, like you said, she's standing there in the garden. She doesn't have any biological kids yet. But Adam, in calling her mother of the living, is really empowering her to not wait to use her maternal gifts, that these right. this gift of maternity, this nurturing, this protectiveness that she's called to isn't something that she has to wait until Cain and Abel show up. It's something that she's called to and she's equipped for in that moment. Right. And I think it's so beautiful to reflect on that idea of spiritual maternity that exists in every woman. Every, every person who's female has that gift of maternity. It's built in. And I know some women who say, and I, I've talked to young women before who are like, I just don't I just don't see myself being a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't even picture it. And I can relate to that. I mean, there are some parts of it that, and it doesn't, you know, not every one of us is going to be the one, the one who's cooing over all the babies and can't wait to have one of her own. We all come at it from different angles. But what's true when we talk about authentic maternity, the real, the real motherhood that every woman is called to is that every woman, spiritually speaking, is emotionally equipped and spiritually equipped to be that place of nurturing love, to be that source of self-giving love that brings forth life 
that brings forth life in the people around her, that brings life and brings joy inside of her relationships. We're meant to be that soft place to land. And so often we do experience that. We, whether we are ever mothers or not, we know inside of our relationships that we have that sensitivity, that compassion, that intuition that helps us to see the needs of other people and be receptive to them in that. Yeah, I love how the feminine genius is not a box that we have to put women into. This is what it looks like to live out the feminine genius. There's no right. like one cookie cutter answer. And so too with our maternity, how some women are called to have kids biologically or some women are called to be a mother through adoption or fostering or if they're, they never get married, but they're still able to be that place for other people's hearts to unfold and to be that place of, of maternity. And so I think it's right. so beautiful that every single one of us has this stamped into our very bodies, this, this gift of maternity, but the way that we live that out is different. And that is so freeing because if you don't feel maternal, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're not called to maternity. Absolutely. I think that's such a great point to make. And it's so important, especially for young women today. I think so many of them feel ambivalent about the idea of motherhood. And, you know, that's a consequence of the culture in which they've been raised. But it's normal to have some of those hesitations anyway. But just realizing that there are different ways that we're called to motherhood and that we all do have that built in. It's built into our bodies. This is the most beautiful thing that you can learn inside of Theology of the Body is that our bodies are a physical expression of a spiritual truth about us as women. Our bodies, whether we ever use them for this purpose or not, have breasts, have extra fat. Sorry, but it's true. It is. We're meant to, <laughs> we're meant to nurture new life. We're built for it. Physically, it's an expression of a spiritual truth that we're meant to nurture others. We're meant to be a soft place. What a gift what a beautiful opportunity we have as women. Imagine the the absolute privilege that it is to be a soft place for another human being to land. There's nothing more important than that. There's nothing, if you've ever experienced it yourself, in the, being in a time of need and having someone who's there for you and is, is that soft place emotionally for you to land? Is that person you can confide in? Is that person who's going to be compassionate and sensitive and caring to you in your time of need? What a beautiful gift to be able, to be specially equipped to be able to be that place for others. Yeah, and I love how when you phrase it that way, it's easy to see that this is not a consolation prize because for the people who have experienced that soft place, to land or have been able to be on the receiving end of someone's spiritual maternity, they wouldn't list that as a consolation prize or, oh, this could have been better if, only if. No, uh -uh. huh? This is so beautiful and it's so good. Yeah. Sometimes we're tempted to dismiss it because these are little things sometimes, these little things that we might notice and care for in other people, all these little things, you know, whether it's wiping kids' noses or being the one who remembers people's birthdays in the workplace or changing the sheets or whatever it is. It's behind the scenes stuff that we women are rock stars at, right? Because we know, we see it in a way that others don't. And we're able to attend to those needs. But when you have those needs attended to, that's not a small thing. That's everything. Mm -hmm. It's everything. That's what makes people feel uniquely known and loved. So I love this line that you wrote in this manual for women. And you write, perhaps instead of saying every woman is a mother, though I believe that's true, we might say that every woman is called to mother. Mother is a verb and it's what we do. I love that because it completely changes the way that I think about motherhood. So can you speak into this idea that mother isn't just a noun, it's a verb and it's an action 
that is supposed to be taking place in the life of every woman. Right. And I think that phrasing it that way is important because it can kind of work around some of those hesitations and obstacles that sometimes people emotionally would put up in when you try to say every woman is called to be a mother, right? So changing it around in that way, we're still expressing the same truth, but in a way that people will be more open to hearing, I think, and that they'll they'll more readily understand because you can say to a woman, you're called to be a mother, but if she's a single woman who's 63 and she just volunteers at her parish or whatever, Mm-hmm. She's going to say, no, I'm not. But if you say, you mother, she'll probably think of 20 different people in her life that she mothers, right? right? She knows that she's a mother. She knows it in her heart. It's written on our hearts. The fact that mothering is what we do. It is who we are. But since some people have hesitations with that, let's focus on the fact that this is what we do. And I find it so interesting that in our language, the verb to father is just really being a sperm donor, right? I mean, you can father a child. That doesn't mean anything in the day-to-day ongoing relationship. But to mother somebody means a relationship. It implies an ongoing, life-giving, nurturing self-gift. Yeah, just tapping into that idea that women are able to see people with their hearts and that's something that you physically have to you have to choose there is a choice that comes with that um you can Mm -hmm. be able to interact with a situation and tap into those instances and examples and abilities of being a spiritual mother or tapping into spiritual maternity or you can choose not to but there's still that choice that's involved in it absolutely and it's such a gift i mean when we when we pause to reflect on it we can recognize that it's a gift because it can be easy i mean it's sometimes it's drudgery right every Mm -hmm. every woman knows this every person knows this that nobody's ever applauding you you know for cleaning out the toilet or whatever it might be (laughs) that we're doing behind the scenes and not that that's the essence of motherhood right (laughs) of course but it's a lot of those little things that we might be tempted to dismiss but i think that's why it's important that we affirm this truth not only in our home own hearts, but with our sisters in Christ, that we tell other women what a gift they are. Not even just to our sisters in Christ, to our sisters at large. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I can think of so many women in my own community that, you know, I might end up on the sidelines of a baseball game or something. And we're not necessarily connecting about our faith. I don't know what their faith is, but I can affirm them in the good things they're doing in their relationships with people in their lives, whether it's caring for their children, caring for their husbands, caring in their workplaces, caring among their friends and their communities and their churches. We Women are such a powerful force for the good. We do so many good things, but we need each other to remind each other of our worth, remind each other of the value of what we're contributing. So let's tap into that and talk a little bit more about tangible examples, because we, on some, in some ways, it's easy to talk about spiritual maternity as kind of this abstract in the sky idea. But then when we put it into concrete examples, it's easier to see and, and even to be able to recognize in our own life. So what are some examples of spiritual maternity that you've experienced? Can you share about maybe an experience of spiritual motherhood where you've been able to mother someone, even though they aren't your biological kids, or when you've been receptive on the receiving end of someone else's spiritual maternity? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to talk about these examples because we all do have these in our lives. One example that I share in the book is a woman I know at my parish who's an older woman. She never married, never had children of her own, but she's a nurse. And she's the one that the hospital calls when somebody is dying Mm -hmm. and they don't have anybody with them because they know she will go and she will sit at their side. She will hold their hand and she will be present there with that person in their last moments here on earth unbelievable gift yeah, right i mean so good that's how can we dismiss that mm-hmm. that is motherhood she has mothered so many souls in that way and she tears up telling me about it and you know it costs her a lot because that's a difficult thing to do and to go through time and again and yet she knows its worth 
That's why she's rushing over to the hospital at three in the morning. She knows what it's worth. And we can all recognize, of course, you know, whether it's us or it's our loved ones that we want someone to be there. We want someone loving them and nurturing them and being present for them in their last moments if they're suffering or if they're scared or if they're lonely, that it's so important. And yet she never physically had children. She would probably tell everybody, I'm not a mother. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, she's a mother. She's absolutely a mother. But then in my own life, <laughs> this is something that's one of the perils of having kids and they make friends of their own and they bring their friends into the house because <laughs> I I am I am mother. I, it's exhausting because I'm mother <laughs> to so many. And these young people, honestly, there have been some in particular that really have kind of been adopted by our family. They spend a lot of time here. We mm -hmm. just love them. And they spend even, you know, special days and holidays here. And they truly become a part of our family. And um, there's this one in particular, this one young man who became a good friend of multiple kids in our family, one of my sons in particular. And then he went away to school and we were still, you know, interacting. And he and I would text sometimes and he was going through a really difficult time, really, um, where I was really worried about him. And I was like, he was in a school in another state and I was going to hop into the car to go and attend to him and whatever he needed, you know, bring mm -hmm. him home or whatever he needed. My husband was like, hello, you need to stop. <laughs> you, need to, <laughs> you need to call his mom. And it was so funny to me that in that moment, that hadn't occurred to me that I needed to call this young man's mother, who of course had a right to know what was going on and right. of course would be very concerned and she's a loving woman um, because I was responding as his mom, <laughs> like <laughs> I need to go take care of this kid right now. But it did make me pause and think, what a gift to be yeah. able to have these relationships with other people in our lives, even though I mentioned it's exhausting <laughs> because sometimes I feel like, okay, we need to focus on our own little family here and you know these kids here. But we're meant to be that. We women are. That's why God made us so awesome and so powerful and have, and with such a unique capacity for generous self-gift over and over and over again, right? Nobody loves you like a mom does. All can relate to that, whether or not you had that kind of you know, blessed relationship with your own mother. We all can relate to that, what a mom is meant to be, right? Mm -hmm. And what a gift to be able to be that to other people in your life. I was on a trip to Israel this past January and I was getting ready to hit my third trimester. And one of the meals that we had, it was a bring your own and pregnancy brain kicked in and I had this little bag of almonds. That was going to be my lunch. <laughs> Nothing. Oh my <laughs> we're on the bus and we were traveling with two religious sisters of the poor Jesus Christ. We've gotten on the road again and slowly but surely this can of Pringles chips makes it up to my seat and it's from oh the sisters. God. And they pulled it out from their bag and they're like, the, the baby, this is not the baby's first fasting day. You are going to eat some lunch and it was so cute but it was this, a beautiful example of maternity how they had noticed they yes. had this sensitivity to this one issue no one else noticed or if they did it wasn't on their radar it was so beautiful to be seen in that moment to recognize the maternity of these women who the world says don't have they aren't mothers surely right. religious sisters who are taking his vow of celibacy aren't moms but holy smokes they are so maternal and it was so beautiful to be on the receiving end of that and to be able to recognize these examples of spiritual maternity in our own life and then to be able to thank women for them because so mm -hmm. often in those little hidden moments of the behind the scenes you go unnoticed and no one knows right. but to be able to recognize those as women and then to be able to thank women is such a gift 
Oh, that's a beautiful story. I absolutely love it. And I, I love it when religious sisters can practice their maternity in that way. And of course they do as teachers, as doctors, as nurses, as caregivers of the poor, feeding the hungry, the ways in which our religious sisters serve humanity all over the globe. It's beautiful examples of motherhood. Of course, I always think of St. Teresa, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Yeah. It's like beautiful example. What a mother. That's why we call everybody on earth calls her mother right. because she's a mom and we recognize that about her. Beginning of the conversation, we talked about how sometimes spiritual maternity can feel like a consolation prize. And I think that mm -hmm. especially in my story, because we lost our first two miscarriage at eight weeks um, at the beginning of our marriage. And then we had the season of unexplained infertility. And so when I'd first come across this idea of spiritual motherhood. It felt like second-rate motherhood. How does this apply especially to the lives of women who are listening? Maybe they carry the crosses, maybe they carry all of these, but the crosses of infertility or miscarriage or infant loss. In those moments where they have this desire to be physical mothers, how does spiritual maternity come into play? Right. I think that is such an, an important thing to bring up. And I'm so sorry that you lost your first pregnancy in that way. And so many women are, are wounded in this way. And some of them, you know, permanently in that they'll, they'll suffer infertility for all of their lives. And others, it's a temporary time. It's a time of trial. But it's important when we're talking about women to recognize that that woundedness, the ways in which we suffer because of our lack of fertility, because of subfertility, because of loss of pregnancy, because of loss of a child or whatever it might be, that those ways we suffer in longing for motherhood in a way that hasn't come to fruition for us yet, those ways that we suffer are part of our identity as mothers. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what God was telling Eve in the garden. You'll bring forth children in great pain. That didn't just refer to labor pain. Of course it applies, right? But yeah. that is not all that he was talking about. <laughs> we suffer because we mother. We suffer because we give our whole selves inside of our relationships with other people. And we suffer because of our lack of the motherhood as we envision it. That way that we're suffering is uniquely feminine and it's part of our maternal identity. So that alone is an experience of motherhood. Yes, a sad and a hurtful one, one that leaves us wounded and sometimes leaves us feeling disillusioned. And it's important to recognize that. I think when women are talking with other women, it's so important to be sensitive to that, to yeah. be sensitive to the differences in the walks that we've all had along this path with motherhood. I mean, I've had opportunity to experience lots of different conversations um, and discussions among women. Some of them, you know, I've been disappointed that people have been not, not quite as sensitive to each other as I would hope they would be. Because, you know, whatever your experience, you, you need to recognize that there's a lot of woundedness and there's a lot of brokenness and there's a lot of hurt and pain and suffering and longing inside of many women's experience of motherhood that you don't readily see when you first meet somebody and do the, you know, how many kids do you have and what ages mm -hmm. are they and whatever. You don't know the whole story behind that. I remember when we lost Marianne, we had told friends and family about it and there was that longing for motherhood that didn't look like what I thought it would. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember in the in the years that followed, having friends who also experienced miscarriage or infertility or had were, were healing from maybe it was a sibling that their mom had lost to miscarriage and they were working through that. And how sharing Marianne's story had opened up this conversation with other women in my life who may not have brought that conversation up 
with me if I hadn't had been vulnerable, if we hadn't shared his story and how there was such a beauty because you're right. Motherhood didn't look like what I thought it would. Like we never parented Marion past eight weeks here on earth, but holy smokes, like the ability to walk alongside these women while they were suffering, that was a kind of a, of a spiritual maternity that I did not expect. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And so true that it's often inside of those painful things that happen to us um, that we, we find that gift of being able to nurture other people, being able to support other people, encourage other people, even just be a friend alongside somebody in a way that they feel understood. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful gift and such an important part of our feminine identity. In this book, this manual for women, you share a quote from St. Jerome that I loved. And St. Jerome writes, even while living in the world, the heart of Mary was so filled with motherly tenderness and compassion for men that no one ever suffered so much for their own pains as Mary suffered for the pains of her children. So the Blessed Mother is this beautiful, incredible example of maternity in our Mm -hmm. own lives. But the more that we're compassionate towards those around us, the more that we're going to open ourselves up to suffering. This hurts sometimes. It hurts a lot. It does. How do we find that courage to embrace this call to spiritual maternity? Yeah. Well, it's all grace, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, and and it's give yourself, give yourself that grace of being okay with where you are. Because I know, I mean, honestly, when I was like, I, I have these these vivid memories of when I was a teenager in my own household, where my mom was raising nine of us, I was the fourth of nine, and just feeling so kind of disappointed in myself, because I wasn't as selfless as my mom, mm. I could see her just working for us and so generous and compassionate and all giving. And I was like, I can never be like that. Like I just felt separate from it and kind of just disgusted with my own lazy, stupid, selfish self, you know? Mm. And I think that we start there, right? I wasn't a mom yet. I wasn't even married yet. I hadn't even gone to college yet. That giving ourselves grace for where we are and and longing to do better is is all that God's asking for from us, you know. So in you know inside of my opportunities to become a mother since then, and all the years that have passed, and all the experiences I've had the opportunity to have since then, I have grown. Of course, I'm not perfect yet, and I I can understand now. My mother wasn't perfect in the ways that I kind of put her on this pedestal, mm-hmm. you know, during those years, I still put her on a pedestal. She's still amazing. <laughs> but uh, still, you know, I can recognize the kind of weaknesses that are even inside of that continual self gift. Nobody's going to be a natural at that. Jesus went first, he gave all of himself on the cross, right? Yep. And he's the perfect example. And none of us is going to live up to that. You know, we're, we're not going to. <laughs> and so it's all grace. And it's, so it's inside of those moments where we feel like there's a disconnect, where we're not reaching our full potential. That's a beautiful gift. Just knowing that, just knowing where you're weak and where you're failing and longing to do better. I think it's important to recognize that. But then it's also important to recognize uh, personally, but then also among other women, that it does cost us, that it's hard. It's important that we get together and just admit that it's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, that makes us vulnerable for sure. Maybe you're going to be discerning about what, what kinds of groups of women you're going to admit right. that you're struggling inside of. But um, we can all gain from that. You know, sometimes we just need somebody to go first and just say, you know what? I am really struggling with this. You know what? I don't have it all together. You know what? I blew up at my kids this morning or whatever it is that you've got going on where you feel like I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And there's so much encouragement to be found in just hearing the chorus of people saying, oh, I do that too. Oh, that happened to me. Or here's how I handled it when that happened to me. Not that everybody, anybody has it all together yet, but we can learn from one another and we can be encouraged just in knowing that we're not alone in that battle. Thinking about 
with physical motherhood, as this baby grows inside of you, you're stretched and your body physically shows and manifests this stretching that's happening. With spiritual maternity, as this life that you're bringing into the lives of your family or friends or coworkers or wherever the mission field that God's placed you on, you're going to be stretched too. This isn't a painless process, but there's there's so much beauty in that and how in some ways you know we can we can shut ourselves off to that i don't want to be stretched i don't want to be um mm-hmm. inconvenienced or i don't want to have to go through suffering but holy smokes the alternative and just shutting ourselves down from that we miss out on so many beautiful interactions with other human beings but also we miss out on growing deeper in our relationship with god too right Right. I think that that's so important to point out that this is what we're made for. And if you want all those things that we say we want, we want peace, we want joy, we want lasting fulfillment, right? We want balance in our lives and all these things that it's inside of truly becoming who we are, who God made us to be, which is some form of maternal self-gift in every one of us who's a woman, that it's inside of fully identifying in the way that God made us, that we're going to find all of those things. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's when we try to work around it or try to, you know, place our, our culture's values ahead of what God tells us who we are, that we find, we find we're disillusioned and we're discouraged and that's not where our lasting peace and joy is to be found. So in your own life, in your spiritual life, how have you seen this universal call to motherhood impact your prayer life, impact your relationship with God. We kind of talked about how spiritual maternity impacts our relationship with others and even ourselves. Mm-hmm. But what about that that core relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I think I, I've, as I've learned and, and grown through the years and become a mom, you know, many times over um, through the years and, and experienced it in different ways, I think I'm growing in my relationship with the Lord in that I am more fully understanding who he made me to be. And I'm becoming more comfortable inside of that, you know, inside of that identity as first and foremost, a precious daughter of God made in the image and likeness of our creator. What a beautiful gift that is. So I'm getting more comfortable inside of that. And as I've experienced my own weaknesses and failures in my own experiences of motherhood, spiritual and physical motherhood, that I think I'm becoming more knowledgeable about where my own weaknesses are, where my own limitations are. You know, honestly, I'll admit to you, Chloe, and to everybody listening that I was such a jerk in my early motherhood because never was I a more perfect mom than like when I, before I even had kids, right? I, I, I had it all figured right? out, right? And there was so much pride involved in the way I approached parenting in the first place, the way I approached my relationship with my husband and with my children in the first place, that I had this focus. And I think it's a natural part of being a younger person. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's, there's a natural progression and a growth and an understanding there where um, I, I thought I knew it all. And I, I probably tried to hide that kind of arrogance from people when I had conversations <laughs> with them, but I was very judgy on the inside. And, you know, and thinking back to that, like it's how ridiculous I was and the ways in which life has shaped me and taught me important lessons through my own experiences, through my own limitations and failures, through things that happened in my own home life and my own marriage and my own parenting with my kids, I never would have thought would happen, you know, Mm -hmm. that I've been humbled and I've been beat down in a lot of ways by life and by my own experiences and my own bad choices. But then I've also been lifted up and I found real joy in those times when I have recognized who God made me to be. And I've strived to live up to that identity. And I've leaned hard on God's grace inside of those moments where I found myself weak, where I found myself failing. And it's when we lean on grace in that way that we can more authentically be 
become the people that God wants us to be, the people that he made us to be. And it's inside of that that we find that peace, that joy, that sense of fulfillment that all of us are looking for. Yeah, it's easy to operate out of this identity of brokenness or this idea that you have to prove your worth. Or I think that's where that lie that second rate mm-hmm. maternity of is spiritual maternity or that it's some kind of consolation prize. Or maybe there's like the aspect of pride where this is this is my plan. This isn't looking like what I thought it would. And then that right. ability to step back and to realize that in relationship to God, this is where he's wanting us. This is where he's inviting us to, to rest and to lean into him. And it's so freeing to be able to surrender that. But at the same time, it can be really scary to open up your hands and surrender it. Mm -hmm. It can be. It's so much, there's, there's a certain sense of comfort in feeling like we have control over all the things, right? And it's all up to us. And I'm going to earn God's love, whether we would ever put it that way or not, by earning status, you know, as a mom and as what I can accomplish in my children and my parenting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it even exists inside of, you know, our church circles and like, I'm going to do all the things right. Honestly, it's detracting from who God wants you to be. These are all awesome things that we can do in the lives of our children, in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, in our churches. Amazing, good things that we can do as women. But when we put the focal point on what we are accomplishing and the sense of self-worth that we're going to get out of that, right, out of the show that we're putting on and whatever extent that we're putting on a show, that we're, we're losing our identity there. We're losing in the end. That's not truly how God means for us to discern our self-worth. So one of my favorite pieces of writing from John Paul II is letters or his letter to women, which inspired this podcast, Letters to Women. But he writes that spiritual motherhood has inestimable value for the development of individuals and the future of society. And he goes on to thank women in this letter for their generosity, their willingness to give themselves to others, especially the weak and the defenseless. So do you have any concrete ways that listeners, if they're wanting to explore this call to spiritual maternity, how would they start going about that in their own lives? Yeah, I mean, I think just look around you. And I don't mean that to be overly simplistic, but it's the truth (laughs) that where you are is not an accident. God knows all about it. And he put you there. And those people that are in your life, whether it's coworkers or neighbors or people sitting next to you in the pew at church or people that you're bumping into at the grocery store, he put there for you to serve with the gift of yourself. So if you're feeling confused about what does that even mean? Like, where could I be called to do that? I would encourage you to bring it to prayer. Um, Ask Mother Mary for her help in discerning that. And then just open your eyes. Because we make this more complicated than Mm -hmm. it needs to be sometimes. I think partly because we want it to be some big lofty endeavor, right, that we're going to get all these accolades for. It has to be founding, you know, a a mission charity, or it has to be, you know, starting a new religious order or whatever. Mm -hmm. And those are great things, of course. And many women have done those things, but it might not be any more complicated than the person who's standing in your living room, that you are meant to connect with that person, whether it's your husband or it's your child or it's your own sister or it's your roommate or it's your coworker, the person who's standing next to you, that's who you're meant to be a gift to. That's who you're meant to love and to serve in that unique way, that unique capacity we all have as women. You are meant to be a gift to that person. So I think the more we approach our relationships with other people in our lives in that way, in that kind of humble way of, in what way can I serve this person? In what way can I be a mother in all the different things that that implies to the people that God places in my life? The more we do that, the more we grow into that identity. And we find there's ample opportunity to act out and live out our spiritual maternity. 
So one resource that I would highly recommend if you're wanting to learn more about spiritual motherhood is this manual for women that you just recently published with 10 books. So part one is essays on being the woman that God made you to be and just tapping into these feminine gifts. And then part two is wisdom and prayers and digging into scripture and what the saints offer us when it comes to this idea of mothering as a, as a verb. Um, where can listeners find Manual for Women, your latest book? And also, where can they find you online? Well, first of all, my website is daniellebean.com. You can find out probably more than you ever wanted to know going there. <laughs> um, but then it, the book is available from Tanbooks, so tanbooks.com, but it's also at all major booksellers. So if you prefer Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you can definitely find it there. There's also a Kindle version available. Nice. And I am inquiring about an audio version, but yes. it hasn't happened yet. I know there's an audio version of the manual for men. So I think we need equal treatment here. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for sure, you can, you can find it in all of those places. And I I just have to mention that I, I can brag about the exterior of this book because it's beautiful and I have nothing to do with it because (laughs) I love it. It's It's got this, this imitation leather cover. So it's like a sturdy beautiful love to touch it kind of cover um that you can stick in your diaper bag and juice can get spilled on it and you just wipe it off it's going to be fine but then it's just this beautiful experience of leafing through the book i'm so pleased and with what tan did with it and i'm, I'm just honored to have been a part of the project oh yeah i 100 agree it is gorgeous i loved getting it in the mail this is so beautiful this is one that i'm going to leave out on the coffee table not just so i remember to read it but that's so it just it looks so beautiful right Amen. right i love the color it's this marion yes. blue, blue. And- and um, just beautiful. So good. So good. So definitely check that out. And I will leave a link to that in the show notes for today. So Danielle, to wrap up the episode, talking about the feminine genius, can you speak into how you live out the feminine genius uniquely in your call to motherhood, both as a physical, but also as a spiritual mother? Well, I mean, I think certainly in still being a mother to my eight children, right? But Mm -hmm. as, (laughs) as part of that, I've become more and more aware, the more I've researched the idea of spiritual motherhood, the ways in which I'm called to mother my children and um, the other people that God places in my life, including my own husband, including my own parents sometimes Mm -hmm. in that there are opportunities for me to be a soft place for them. And I, I love to reflect on that. And I love to pray over that and just say, you know, ask God to give me the grace to be that soft place for other people, because I know what a gift it is to me when other people have been that for me. And I think there's no greater thing that we could accomplish inside of our lives than to be that soft place for others. So that's something I'm working on. That's something I'm praying about and um, aiming to be spiritually receptive to, to all the people that God places in my life. Well, thanks so much for writing about spiritual maternity. I know when I've been diving into it, there's a lot of JP too. There's a lot of Edith Stein, but there's not a lot of conversation happening today with Catholic women about that. And so thank you for starting that conversation. It's just been really good to talk to you about it. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure chatting with you. I always love our conversations, Chloe. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you head over to my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com, you can find the show notes for today's episode, which include links to Danielle's website, her first episode with us on Letters to Women, a letter to the woman who doesn't think she's enough, links to Manual for Women, the book that we talked about, and a couple articles on how to embrace spiritual motherhood, whether you have kids or not. Are you subscribed to Letters to Women? If not, you should subscribe today. You don't want to miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. If you have a couple minutes, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes. Reviews help other people find the podcast, and reviews are just so much fun to go through and read. I loved this review. Do you ever get that dumpy feeling from watching too many mindless videos or suffer from endless traffic on the way to or from school or work? This podcast is the answer. Chloe does a phenomenal job of engaging the heart and the mind on a variety of worthwhile topics. Finally, some 
solid, rich conversation and ideas that go with that cup of coffee in the morning. I'd love to hear what you think about Letters to Women if you are enjoying these episodes with that cup of coffee in the morning. And that is all I have for today's episode. So until next time that we chat, be not afraid. <laughs>